and welcome to Sloop. I am Frank, and we're talking about House of the Dragons, Episode 1. This is a really fun episode. It felt like it's a return to Game of Thrones. But you notice how everything was bigger and better somehow. Like, we had the same music tones that really reminded you of Targaryens and Starks and Lannisters, but with something a little bit more added to it. All the visuals. Like, hey, that's King's Landing, but man, those are cool dragon statues, and everything seems grander. Did you see that dragon pit in the back? Holy cow! It was pretty amazing. I'm excited to talk about House of the Dragons today, so let's go ahead and get into the story. House of the Dragons picks up with King Jaehaerys choosing an heir. He ends up putting together a great council to pick for him, and they choose uh, King Viserys. They choose Prince Viserys at the time, uh, passing over Princess Rhaenys. Now, it's important to remember that Princess Rhaenys was actually higher up in the line, but not a man. So they went with uh, what would become King Viserys and skipping her. She's going to be bitter about that. Just a heads up on that one. <laughs> we fast forward to see that King Varys' reign is going quite well. Targaryens are thriving. King's Landing is thriving. He's expecting a brand new boy and is going to be holding a giant tournament for it. So he's excited about that. The other two players that we really need to remember is that we have uh, Princess Rhaenya, who's this carefree child. She's kind of reminds me of Arya and she's just enjoying life and has no ambition. She's just going to have fun. Uh, she might be sweet on... Damon Targaryen, the third person we should pay attention to. And yes, let's go ahead and just throw it out there again. That is her uncle. These are Targaryens. Try to... It's gross. Okay. <laughs> Damon Targaryen, meanwhile, is reckless, wild. He's in charge of the city's army. Um, and he's he's founded the Gold Cloaks. So if you guys are looking for like little Easter eggs to Game of Thrones, uh, Gold Cloaks are definitely in Game of Thrones. And um, he's basically turned the City Watch, which was corrupt and messy, into a actual legit army that's strong and powerful corrupt but corrupt under control <laughs> on his actions we kind of start off our first big problem here he is rounding up criminals and just butchering them i mean it's gross it's terrible it's awful and it's got the entire council worried right so they're telling king very viserys like you gotta bring your brother in we have to get rid of him he has to go back home uh to the vale where his wife's at and the king's stuck in a tough spot because he loves his brother and he knows that he's just being a Targaryen, like a more hardcore version of it, but that's how they are. They're one of two ways. And so he doesn't really want to do too much about it. We go ahead and get into the tournament. Uh, during the tournament, King Varys' wife is having a baby, so he's like excited. Can't wait for his baby boy to pop out. But they're doing this tournament. It's this grand event and really a spectacle showing off how much CGI has come forward. Because remember, we had a tournament in Game of Thrones season one, and it looks pitiful compared to this masterpiece. That's really cool. So uh, I'd love to... Uh, see more of this during the tournament things get very heated there's a lot of blood and gore uh people are uh losing control and we see that Damon targaryen is a little ruthless he's kind of being pitched as the bad guy but uh i wouldn't put all of the weight on that so keep that in mind he's he's bad yeah sure but you know, he's got some love in there and then finally king uh viserys gets some bad news he has to rush to see his his wife she's in labor and it's not going well he has to make the tough, tough choice do you want to save your son or possibly save your wife? They're basically saying save your son or both will die. They do. They try to take the baby out uh, successfully while she has no, like, anything to stop the pain. It's just brutal. Uh, she passes away, obviously, during this process. And the baby, Balon, passes away a few hours later on. Uh, we then see a funeral and everybody's distraught. It's a very terrible event. The next council meeting, Odo Hightower, just knowing how to... To great timing says, hey, we need to figure out who the new successor is now that your son has died. Uh, just nailing it, Otto. You're a real, real great guy. 
Damon hears this and he's upset. He's like, I'm the successor if that one's dead. They, the main thing is the council does not want Damon to be in charge. If he does, they know he'll be ruthless. So they don't want, they want that to happen. Uh, so Damon, he goes out drinking and while he's drinking, he toasts to the air for the day. So basically saying, here's to my nephew who was alive for one day and was air, but not no more. Real screwed up move. We all say stupid stuff when we're drinking. Damon just nailed it. <laughs> Obviously this gets back to the king. He confronts his brother and tells him basically, you're banished, go back to Vale where your wife is at, you're not allowed here anymore. And there, we're already set off with something, we're already separating the Targaryens, which is gonna be bad, do not do that. It's like Starks, don't separate the Starks. Then King Viserys goes to Princess Rhaenya and says, you are my new heir, this is what you need to know. And he's gonna be setting her up for like, I'm gonna prepare you to be a new leader. And he's setting her up with the rules in, and he's telling her about this prophecy from King Aegon, from Aegon the Conqueror, that's the best way to remember him, um, of of a new dark winter coming and we'll need the dragons and we'll need a Targaryen leading a united Westeros to try to take on this new th threat. This is new lore added in for this, uh, but it is very interesting. It adds something special to Game of Thrones and I'm, I'm liking that a little bit. All right, that's the story. Let's go ahead and talk about our favorite moments. So just visually, we got to talk about how stunning this world is, right? Uh, you could tell that they've they definitely increased the budget. They definitely increased their skills and CGI here at HBO. I, it's funny because we've been talking smack about them so much lately with all the events going on around DC. But here, they have really done a nice job. The dragons are looking solid. You can tell that they're trying to make the dragons look very unique. These are some really badass looking dragons. And then the, the city itself, I think, was one of my favorite parts. This is a King's Landing that feels like it's so much grander and more alive. And it really is. The Targaryens in power, they, especially at this point, right after Jaehaerys' reign, are, are never richer, never stronger than right here. And we see one of the best things uh, for you book readers or fans of the show, you see the dragon pit in the background, and it looks like something that overshadows the entire city, and it really does, because it houses the dragons. And you gotta remember that, you know, Balon the, the Dread was in there, or Valyrian the Black, the Black Dread was in there, and uh, it's really quite a spectacle. Now, in Game of Thrones, we do see that place, but it's destroyed. And it's actually where they have their meeting at the end and they bring down one of the uh, whites to show seriously, like, hey, zombies are real and they're right here. Um, that's where they're meeting. But it looks so much better when it's not destroyed. It's so cool. <laughs> but the city is doing quite well. Another thing in the spectacles I wanted to talk about, another visual that was really nice, is the direct comparison between tournaments. So we had a tournament in the first season of Game of Thrones, and it was with a... I was actually just rewatched the scene to kind of remind myself of it. It was with a, a wooden stand and everything felt like it was put together almost like at a smaller, you know, lesser house, not something that was at King's Landing. This place, this is King's Landing. That thing was so grand. It reminded me of like, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen this movie, but you really should. Knight's Tale. It's a fun watch. Go check it out. But yes, it's much like Knight's Tale and, and it shows again the power of the Targaryens, but also just of King's Landing. It's like when the Targaryens are doing bad, King's Landing is doing bad. And I think that's important to remember. Like we don't have Littlefinger trying to barely balance the books together on this one. They do have a loan from the Iron Bank, but it's going well. Like Iron Bank has always got their fingers in the pots. You know, you got to watch out for those guys. The music, the music was outstanding. I'm going to put a little bit, you know, throughout this episode so you guys can hear some of it. But they did a really great job of bringing in new music with hints of that original music. It's like when you're playing... Uh, a Legend of Zelda game and that you could hear just a little few notes that are like, oh, classic. That's what we got here. And one of my favorite things is 
the Targaryen theme music. It's, it was Daenerys' attack music. The first time we heard it was when she yelled Dracarys and took over the uh, Unsullied. Well, they kind of amplified that throughout the final season of Game of Thrones and then remastered it here to be like, this is actually just part of the Targaryen mode, man. This is how we roll. I'm going to put some of it right here so you guys can hear it. It's really quite spectacle. It has this build and unleash, which is a sound version of what a dragon's doing, right? It's like they're inhaling and then fire. And it's exactly what Jakaris is all about. The music team behind this show is the music team that did the original Game of Thrones and Westworld. If you guys like Westworld, which there's probably three of you out there, me included, I guess. I watch them all. But it's a spectacular music, and here it is. You're seeing it right here. It's in the same place. Story beats and new things. Uh, looking at the story beats here, the pacing is far slower than I was anticipating when we did our preview show, but I think that's to be expected because I forgot how slow Game of Thrones was. Not in a bad way. They're really developing each character. They're making sure every piece of dialogue is properly utilized, but I don't believe I was... I, I don't think I was prepared for that. <laughs> I was going to give you guys too much uh, during our preview thing. I was kind of like, oh, hey, this is going to happen. We got to wait. It looks like we're not going to get an older version of uh, Princess uh, Rhaenyra's, Rhaen I'm sorry, Rhaenya <laughs> until probably about the fifth episode. I thought they were going to jump back and forth between you know, past and present day, uh, but no, they're going to take their time. They, I do like that they're building up their friendship between Alicent and uh, Rhaenyra, obviously, we're going to see that develop and change over time with that really creepy uh, auto suggestion like, hey, why don't you go visit the old king and keep him company? Bro, you are gross. <laughs> you want a, the crown so bad. That's your freaking daughter. Yeah, he's a character. Great acting. I mean, the acting in this thing is stellar, but man, that's tough to swallow. Uh, yeah, story beat, though, I, I think we did get an action piece. I think we're going to get a little bit of action every episode, something we didn't necessarily get out of the old uh, show until the final season. Then, then it was too much action, but I think this is really good. The story beat, I think that's a really important that we're going to be talking about a lot over the coming uh, first season and, and kind of referencing a lot, Song of Ice and Fire, which, of course, is the name of the original books that uh, Game of Thrones is com coming from, but they made they made brand new lore. And made it to where Aegon had a dream, much like the dreamer. Like Targaryens have these dragon dreams where they can somewhat see the future. Well, they made it to where Aegon's uh, motivation for uniting the seven kingdoms was more than just ambition and gold and wonderful resources. It was also to somehow protect Westeros in the world. Our histories. They tell us that Aegon looked across the Blackwater from Dragonstone, saw a rich land ripe for the capture. But ambition alone is not what drove him to conquest. It was a dream. And just as Danis foresaw the end of Valyria, Aegon foresaw the end of the world of men. It is to begin with a terrible winter, gusting out of the distant north. I, Rickon Stark, Lord of Winterfell. Aegon saw Lord absolute darkness riding on those winds, and whatever dwells within will destroy the world of the living. When this great winter comes, Rhaenyra, all of Westeros must stand against it. And if the world of men is to survive, a Targaryen must be seated on the Iron Throne. A king or queen, strong enough to unite the realm against the cold and the dark. Aegon called his dream the Song of Ice and Fire. You almost wonder if they're trying to make Aegon 
like almost like a good guy. I mean, Aegon isn't like necessarily a bad guy. He's just a Targaryen. But you're almost making it sound like he was doing it for a good cause. And it's very interesting. So the idea is that he's going to unite the Seven Kingdoms so that they're on a one banner with dragons leading them. And when the White Walkers and the zombies come over the wall, they're going to be met with a wall of fire that are the Targaryens. And it's going to be this amazing, cool battle. Well, that kind of happened, right? <laughs> they got over the wall, and yes, it was definitely dragons that helped in fighting them. Or you can't deny the fact that Daenerys' army and Jon Snow's army were very important in the battle of the White against the White Walkers. And if it wasn't for them, they, it, the battle would be lost. So I guess, yes, they, they definitely did the job that they were prophesized to do so. And we got to remember, Jon Snow is a Targaryen. But it was Arya Stark that put the knife in the back of the Night King, so let's not forget that. But that dagger that Arya is wearing, the cat's paw dagger, uh, used to almost kill Bran, is also in this show, King Visenya, uh, Viserys, it got so many names, guys, Viserys, it's tucked into his waistcoat the entire time. That's the actual dagger, that's the cat's paw dagger that we see later on. Um, so yeah, that, that idea of the prophecy, it really changes some of the other things that are coming in Game of Thrones. So not only is, like, it was sort of the Red Lord, the Red God um, prophecy that there should be a the prince that was promised that would unite the world. Khal Drogo's people was talking about how, oh, there's going to be this, uh, pr the prince that will, the stallion that will mount the world. There's always been like this figurehead of somebody taking control of everything to, you know, defeat a great shadow or great evil. And now they're making it to where the Aegon also dreamt that. So they're kind of just folding him in on this whole thing that, that the Red Lord and Raylor and all that already had prophesied in the books. Um, I, I don't know. I'm okay with that, but I do like how it affects the Mad King Aerys. So Daenerys' dad from Game of Thrones was crazy, and he kept hearing whispers, and he kept saying, fire, fire. He kept whispering that and just losing his mind, and he really stocked up on wildfire, that green fire that Cersei likes to use a lot. That was sort of his um, passion project, we'll say. And if you think about it, what happened during the Mad King Aries? Well, first off, he didn't have any dragons. Dragons are extinct at that point, to a degree. They're gone. Uh, so he's probably trying to find a way to replace that firepower when the White Walkers attack. So he went crazy, but he was actually talking some sense. He was building up the defenses. Of course, those defenses got used by Cersei Lannister against, you know, Marjorie Tyrell, but it, he was less crazy now. And... I would love to revisit Mad King Ares now because of just the few lines that King Viserys tells Princess uh, Rhaenya at the end of this episode. So it really does impact the rest of the show. Uh, we'll be paying attention to that as we go. Overall, I think this episode was great. It just feels so good to be back in Westeros, and I hope you guys agree with me. Let me know what you guys think of that prophecy, the way they dropped that out there. How do you think that will impact this show and change some of our understanding of the rest of the Ice and Fire content? It's, uh, it's a big change in lore, but it's, it's a cool one in my opinion. I've, I know already that people are already saying like, oh, I don't like that. And I'm like, you know what? What the heck? Let's try it out. <laughs> you know, this, by the way, uh, uh, just some no uh, note from George R. R. Martin. He was already saying like, this is the show that I wanted to make. Like he was saying like, this show is being developed the way I want it to be developed. Again, one of the co-showrunners was picked by him. And he's even saying after Winds of Renter is done, then he'll write some of the episodes. He wrote some of the episodes for Game of Thrones in the first four seasons. Afterwards, he stopped. But he says after he's done with wins, he'll be back. To, he'll be writing some of these episodes. And I'm excited for that. He does very good dialogue writing. Very, very good. So, okay, all right, guys. Again, these are short. These are sloops. They're always about 15 minutes. If you guys like sloops, 
Uh, we do them over on Bitcade and Patreon normally. That's how we do movies. We do TV shows. The movie ones are quite extensive. Um, but go ahead and join us, guys. For like a buck, I think it is our cheapest one. For a buck a month, you get access Sloop and From the Pages, which is our other show that's exclusive to those two apps. Thank you guys very much for joining me. I appreciate it. Take it easy, and we'll see you next week.